My name is Christy Duff, and I have a passion for the Word of God. I've seen the way that a daily dose of the one-year Bible has changed my life, and I know that it can change, affect, and impact every day we live. Well, hello, beautiful friends, and I am just praying that you have been having the sweetest time with Jesus, and I know that I have, and I'm currently up in the mountains with my family, and it snowed yesterday, and so I'm actually right now sitting outside in the snow and thinking, isn't it amazing how snow can change the entire scenery of a place? And I got up here a couple of days ago and it hadn't snowed yet. And of course it was beautiful and it was mountain-like and, you know, dirt and trees and wilderness everywhere. And yet now that it snowed, it's just almost like a magical scenery. And isn't it amazing how something that God gives us can just change the entire scenery of everything that we're looking at? And that was kind of what I was thinking when I was reading the Bible this week is that God was literally changing the entire scenery of some of our Bible friends this week. And the one-year Bible passages in Genesis and Matthew that we've been reading have had a lot to say about those who walk with God. And I was thinking about walking so much in the last couple of days as we're reading it, because a walk is so very moment by moment, step by step. A walk isn't something that just flies by at a super fast pace, like a car or an airplane. It's slow enough to where you can notice your surroundings, where you can hear things that are all around you. Jason and I went on a beautiful snowy walk yesterday, and I love walking with him and just being near him. And, you know, you're close enough to where... If he happened to want to say something, I was right there. And when I was constantly talking, he was right there to hear what I had to say. And that's the beauty of walking with someone is that you're ready for anything because you're right there together with each other. And so I love that the Bible phrases it, that we walk with God. And so far this week, we've seen that Enoch walk with God. And so he was ready when God wanted to take him home, when God was ready to to do something different in his life. We see this week that Noah walked with God, and so he was ready for a wild calling upon his life. We read today in Matthew where Jesus calls the disciples. He comes up to Peter and Andrew and then to James and to John. And they left all that they had and all that they had known and all that was familiar to follow after Jesus. And also in Matthew today, it starts to talk about the fact that there were great crowds who followed after him. And this will be a theme as we go on and read in the Gospels. And the thing that differentiates the disciples who followed Jesus and the crowds who followed him are the steps that they were willing to take. The crowds followed Jesus when they saw great signs and when they were benefited from following him and when it seemed like he would make their life easier or more blessed or more abundant with food and earthly possessions. But 
What separates the disciples following after Jesus is that they chose to walk with him even when the steps were hard, even when there were difficult moments, even when the path went uphill or to a lonely, desolate place or to something that would cause them to lose all that they had known and all that they possessed. The disciples who followed after him were willing to still walk with Jesus step by step, even when those steps took them to a place that they didn't necessarily want to walk. And I think we saw this in the life of Joseph as well this week. And maybe Joseph was allowed the great privilege and position of being the stepfather of Jesus because God knew that in him he found a man who would obey at every moment. I mean, we see Joseph being woken up in the middle of the night after a vision where God told him to leave for Egypt. And I think I would have maybe just gone back to sleep and waited for the next morning. But we see Joseph just waking up and grabbing Jesus and Mary and not waiting until morning but leaving in the middle of the night and heading out to Egypt and staying there until God told him to come back. And even when God told him to come back, we see that Joseph goes to Nazareth instead of going where he wants to go or going where he thought he was going because he was walking with God. He was following the voice in the vision of God step by step to what God told him to do. It was regardless of where maybe he wanted to go or where he would have been most comfortable or what he thought he wanted to do with his life. Instead, we see Joseph trusting that God was leading him to the best place possible in order for him to fulfill his calling. And I think we talked about this a little bit in the last podcast, but so much of Matthew over and over says that this and that was done to fulfill the word which was spoken. And each one of us has days that are ordained for us to live out in a certain way, surrendering to the calling of God, to the will of God. And he doesn't make following him difficult. He makes it so easy if we will just walk with him and trust step by step that he has a path and a place that he's leaving us. And I know sometimes I talk to people in counseling or in conversations and they just kind of think that God hasn't been leading them or God hasn't been directing them. And yet my question and wonder is always, have you taken the last step that God placed before you? Because I think sometimes we want the overall blessing of someone who has followed after God without taking the steps that he has placed before us. And it doesn't always seem clear and it doesn't always seem easy, but he'll always lead us in the direction that he desires us to go in. And we see that, I think, in the life of Noah this week as well. And you think about how wild Noah's calling would have been to him. And it seems like through the Bible that it hadn't rained yet. So here God is telling Noah that something is going to happen that Noah had never seen before. And so to start building an ark and Noah in the midst of the world that was filled with depravity and wickedness, he chose to live a countercultural life. He chose to be a righteous man. And it says that he was blameless in his time. And because of that, God shows him favor. And Noah walks with God step by step, moment by moment. And it was spent in fellowship with God dictating where they were going to step, what they were going to do. And Noah doesn't 
maybe want to take this step and yet he chooses to do it anyway. And for 120 years, he builds the ark. For 120 years, Hebrews tells us that he was a proclaimer of righteousness. And yet we know that Noah seems to have no earthly fruit for what he did. I think I would have been so discouraged if I was him. You think about 120 years, he's pounding nails and maybe screwing in screws. I don't know all the tools or materials that he has, but but imagine how trivial those days would have seemed. For 120 years, he's telling people who would not repent to repent. And he's pounding in nails. And how many days did he wonder if he was on the right path? How many days did he wonder if he was taking the right steps and walking in the right direction? And I wonder if he was wondering if he heard God in the right way. And yet at one point, it finally begins to rain. And every single one of those people who heard Noah's words and chose not to repent, I wonder if in that moment, they thought about the words of Noah. And in that moment, maybe Noah was finally thinking, okay, I did hear God because he chose to trust God. He chose to keep walking where God was leading. He chose to keep doing what God was calling even if it didn't seem to make sense. And then one day it paid off when the world began to rain. Noah saw the fruit of what he had spent his life doing. 120 years of seamlessly fruitless preaching and pounding, followed by 40 days of being shut in a zoo boat while the rains were pouring.
Thanks for listening and tuning in to the Growing in the Sun podcast. Don't miss out. Subscribe, and I'll see you here next time. Let your words burn deep.